Welcome into the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast for Wednesday, May 18th. Chuck Zada, Mark Schofield here. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Pittsburgh Steelers today. During the Inside the Pylon mock war room, we had Alex Kazora uh, of Steelers Depot heading up the Steelers uh, team picking their uh, making their selection. Alex has also been on with us a few other times over the course of the last year and is probably uh, one of the best resources for anything Steelers related out there. So we figured, you know what, we got a couple months until uh, training camp. Why not figure out what's going on in Pittsburgh as we head into uh, that time period? Alex, appreciate you joining us here. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. You know, things are finally slowing down a little bit. You know, news wise for the Steelers, so I've had a time to to get a little bit of time off and enjoy myself and uh, drive around my old clunky 1999 Chevy Lumina. That's my old uh, piece of junk I drive around. So that's been fun. Oh, that's not bad. I I still remember. I'm trying to think of what it, I think when I grew up. My dad had it was like an old. I want to say it was like a 75 or 76. It was like a Cutlass Supreme, I think it was, like a Pontiac <laughs> or something like that that we used to tool around in for a little bit. Uh, but I digress. Since we do have uh, some football to talk about, even though it's still uh, a couple months away from training camp, having had a little bit of time to digest uh, the Steelers draft, what do you make of it just in general when you look at it in the aggregate? Yeah, you know, I, I try not to look at it with my rose-colored glasses. You try to be as unbiased as possible. But, guys, I, I still like this draft class. I know maybe nationally it, it wasn't, you know, totally well-received. But I think just in general, this is a team that drafted a ton of productive, scheme-versatile, and, you know, physical tough players. And I think whenever you kind of get that as just looking at, you know, globally – those benchmarks of what those guys can do and what their resumes say, I think you're off to a good start. So, I mean, there's some picks, you know, I like more than the others. I think they did a great job on day two uh, with Sean Davis and Javon Hargrave. You know, Artie Burns was, you know, a debated pick. But but I think just in general, you got guys that, um, you know, ha- have a nice resume and are tough and physical. And that's a great way to kind of try to build up your class. Let's start with that Artie Burns pick because building up to the draft, a lot of people thought Pittsburgh might go cornerback in round one. And there were some people out there, I believe you were one of them, Alex. It was like, no, look, that's not what they do. They're not going to do this. What was your reaction when you heard the Artie Burns name called? And how do you feel about that pick and how he might fit in Pittsburgh? Yeah, Mark, there was definitely some level of surprise, and it wasn't even just that they, that they took a cornerback because there was a lot of interest in cornerbacks, so you know that that alone wasn't a complete shock, but it was just the, the fact that it was Artie Burns to take a junior, and usually if the Steelers draft a junior, it's either somebody that's fallen to them like a David DeCastro or it's somebody they've brought in for a pre-draft visit. Burns didn't come in. Um, you know, they, they this was the first underclass corner Kevin Colbert has ever drafted, and he's been here since 2000. So, you know, it's such a unconventional pick. Burns has 23 career starts. That's the fewest of any corner drafted under Mike Tomlin. Um, so, you know, it, it broke so many molds, and it threw this big monkey wrench into what I thought we knew about the Pittsburgh Steelers. But looking at the pick, you know, more— Burns is a high-character guy. He's got good ball skills, you know, six interceptions last year. Um, In some ways, he fits the scheme. In some ways, he needs some work. Um, But if the team wants to kind of evolve and use a little bit more of those cover two concepts, which we saw a a good bit uh, last year, you started seeing incorporated. And as Mike Tomlin has kind of put his stamp on this defense a little bit more, um, I think in a lot of ways it can work. So, 
just to sum it up real quick, I think Burns' year one impact on defense is going to be limited as a junior. This will be considered his senior year of college, um, you know, without a clear path to to starting. But I think the long term impact, um, if he's developed correctly, that's of course the big thing. I think the long term development could be big. Is, is Burns the type of guy uh, who you think could contribute uh, initially on special teams? He's a fast guy. Uh, you know, he's got some decent skills, you know, in terms of uh, potentially being able to uh, use just kind of his spatial ability there. Is that a place where you think he may get some reps just to get uh, some kind of uh, value initially at least? Absolutely. I think you have to. If you're going to be a first-round pick, you have to do something. And if it's not going to come on defense, it's got to be on that third phase. So I think you're going to see him at gunner. You're going to see him run down kicks, um, you know, maybe a jammer on the punt return unit. Um, absolutely. And, and again, he might get sprinkled in on defense as the year goes along. But his main competition is Ross Cockrell, who was the left corner for most of last year. He played over 60% of the time, played reasonably well. Um, it's going to be tough for a guy like Burns, who's trying to learn how to play in the NFL, to jump Cockrell. So I think you know Burns' biggest impact year one is going to come on special teams. Then with their second pick, it, at least on paper, Pittsburgh doubles up with taking Sean Davis, who's listed as a cornerback. But do you see him playing more safety for Pittsburgh? Yeah, they've already announced that he's going to start at strong safety. I think last year at Maryland, he was mainly corner. Previous years, he had played safety. I think that's the best thing for him. I think it's going to be more natural for him to go to safety. I think it was Kevin Colbert or Mike Tomlin that said the game's going to slow down a little bit for him now that he's going to kick inside. Um, you know, he won't have to be on an island as much. But those corner skills are going to come in handy. I mean, he's going to be a guy that's coming in to combat some of the great tight ends the Steelers are facing. Um, I forget all the names, but I broke it down a week or two ago. I think it's nine of the nine games this year they're going to face, you know, a super athletic tight end, whether it's a Rob Gronkowski or Tyler Eifert or Gary Barnage or Travis Kelsey. The list goes on and on. I mean, we know these teams want to go out in 12 personnel, and they can go heavy and bunch you up and, and run the ball. They can go empty set like the Patriots did to the Steelers last year. Um, and get a guy like Gronk on an island, or now the Patriots have Martellus Bennett. Um, you need someone to try to match up against that. And I think Sean Davis has that ability with the size, speed, um, and toughness that he has that he can be a guy that can match up against you. Is Davis uh, going to be big enough and physical enough to deal with those kinds of matchups? I, I, I don't... Uh, you know, he's. I, I think the measurements were somewhere around like six one, like two hundred to two oh five. Does he have the frame to put on some bulk to be able to deal with some of those tight ends? Uh, he might a little bit, but I think he's a pretty, you know, rocked up guy. So we, we saw him at the senior bowl. I think he's built really well. Obviously, you know, you always want these guys to be a little bit bigger and stronger to combat the freaks that there are like Rob Gronkowski. But, I mean, he's the best option I think the Steelers have right now. So um, I, I, I don't think Davis is going to be the week one starter at strong safety. You have Robert Golden there, who I thought played really well for the month he started for Will Allen last year. Um, but I think Davis... Uh, whenever the Steelers want to go into their dime, their 2-3-6, which they started to do in week 14 and on last year. They did it about 80 or so times in some obvious passing situations, third and long, two-minute drill. Um, I think that's Davis's best pass to play time is in that dime package. And again, trying to combat some of those mismatches, you know, teams want to get you in with their great tight ends. Alex, speaking of the senior bowl, a guy that arrived to that week down in Mobile a little bit late, but turned heads right away. It was Javon Hargrave, the D-tackle from South Carolina State, and now he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. Were you excited to see that pick? I know he turned a lot of heads down in Mobile, and how do you think Hargrave fits in along that D-line? 
I absolutely was, Mark. I love that pick. Like I said, I thought day two was the best day for the Steelers. It's funny. I wanted to be the first one to tell the story, but Kevin Colbert had said it at his post-draft press conference. But, you know, we were down there for the Senior Bowl, and Hargrave was an injury call-up, so he came in. I think it was one of the last days there, the last practices, and he doesn't even have a number or a helmet for South Carolina State. I think it was just like a red jersey and a white helmet, and he's just destroying guys in one-on-ones, and you're trying to figure out who the heck is this guy. Uh, So, you know, the biggest thing for Hargrave— and, and the interesting thing is the Steelers are so, you know, they shy away from the FCS level kids so much. This is only the third FCS player taken under Mike Tomlin. I believe it's the fifth under Kevin Colbert, who, again, has been here since 2000. So it's been such a long time. So, But the fact that Hargrave did a great job at the Shrine game, did a great job at the Senior Bowl in the time that he got, and had a great combine, I think offered a lot of comfort to the Steelers. Because when you see a guy show at least some ability to make that jump in competition – um, I think that's going to give the P- Pittsburgh Steelers a lot of comfort. So for how he's going to be used, I think he's got a chance to be the week one nose tackle. He'll fight Daniel McCullers for that spot. But even if he doesn't, there's a great path to, to being a sub-package nickel rusher. Um, that's probably his best strength right now and what's going to be the most natural to him. And I think I've talked about this before. And I remember in our, our mock draft that we did the war room, we took Vernon Butler um, because we needed to try to create ways to spell Cam Haywood and Stephon Tewitt. Both those guys played about 90% of the time last year. Tewitt's injury, if you, if you take out the injury time, he, he played about 90% too. Um, that number's got to come down a little bit. As great as those guys are, you can't play them that much. I mean, Hayward played about 1,200 snaps last year, including the playoffs. So I think Hargrave's going to be a guy that can spell them and keep Hayward and Tewitt fresh. Steelers had uh, four selections on day three, a fourth rounder, a sixth rounder, and two seventh rounders. Not typically guys that you would expect to have significant impacts in year one, but who profiles as potentially being a key reserve or key contributor on special teams out of those players? I think any of the, the late-round guys, the 6th and 7th rounders, could have an impact. I think the most interesting guy is Travis Feeney. This guy is just a super athlete. I mean, he came to Washington as a safety. He got drafted by the Oakland Athletics out of high school. He obviously didn't sign, but uh, you know, this is a guy that's played everywhere for him. He's played the Will. He's played the Sam. He moved to the Buck last year and had 17 tackles for a loss, 8.5 sacks. Um, he's a really good athlete, and if you just give me an athlete and guys that can move in space and get down you know, downfield quickly on special teams, I think you can have have an impact and he's a physical guy too there are no soft tackles for Travis Feeney the other guy would be Demarcus Ayers you know who was drafted really as a return man when the Steelers drafted him they sent out their special teams coach Danny Smith to talk about him and, and Danny Smith said that he was the number one punt returner they had um, he's a very niche guy with and he does not have a huge ceiling in terms of playtime anywhere else but um, you know the Steelers have been searching for a kick returner and maybe a punt returner to get Antonio Brown off the field in that role um, and Ayers is a guy that had a really productive uh, year last year for Houston, so I think if you know, he could, he, there's a great chance he's going to make this team as the number five receiver slash punt returner, um, and, and he's going to that's his path. He's going to have to really excel on special teams, but I think he has the skill set to do it. Alex, uh, rookie minicamp's now in the books. Any news come out of that minicamp? Anybody turn some heads or you know make their way onto at least the 90 man roster with a shot to maybe make this team? Uh, you know, I, I try to take that stuff with a grain of salt. I know there's 31 other camps right now talking about how they have the guy, the sleeper of, of that camp. Uh, you know, the Steelers signed four tryout guys uh, to the 90-man roster, which was actually kind of ab- abnormal for them. Usually they don't sign that many guys. Um, you know, you, you hear some reports about some future corner, Montel Garner, that had a couple interceptions that look good. Um, but it's really hard to try to, to say anything so far. Um, but I am really looking for training camp when this stuff really starts to matter. 
We also saw some news this week. Um, the Carolina Panthers released Brandon Boykin. Now, I know you guys drafted you know, a corner and Sean Davis is more corner slash safety. Any possibility he makes a return? I'd be really surprised. I mean, and the whole the fact that Boykin was released by Carolina, I mean, that, that surprised me. I'm sure that surprised pretty much everybody. I'm really not sure what the rationale was. But for Pittsburgh, you know, the reason why Boykin got traded to Pittsburgh last year is because, you know, the Steelers lost uh, their second-round pick last year, Senquez Golson, so they didn't have a backup slot corner for William Gay. Um, so Boykin came in and was kind of anointed as the backup slot guy. Then injuries happened, and he ended up starting uh, in the slot with William Gay kicking outside. So now that Golson is healthy and you still have William Gay, you know, Boykin's role in Pittsburgh would be the number three nickel corner. And I just don't think there's going to be enough of a role and enough of a compelling argu- argument to sign him. Alex, talking uh, about a guy who's uh, near and dear to my heart, uh, Will Monday signed as an undrafted free agent, punter out of Duke, uh, coming in looking to uh, compete with Jordan Berry this year. Berry did, I think, a better job as the season went on last year, but any uh, any word as to uh, how he looked uh, in minicamp and what the expectations are for him heading into the summer? You know, Chuck, I really haven't heard much, but that you know, I always love the the special team sessions in in, uh, in training camp, and we're going to monitor that closely for sure. Uh, I I would consider the battle open, though. I mean, if the Steelers have had seven punters in the last five seasons. I mean, it's just been a revolving door of of guys that are easily forgettable, the Zoltan Meskos and the Drew Butlers, and and guys I try to repress in the back of my mind for the the poor play that they had. Uh, you, you know, like you said, Chuck. You know, Barry got better last year. I still remember the study that you did that showed. Barry is the best pin deep punter. Um, I think you're looking for more consistency with them. So um, I think it'll be an open battle. And as we've seen before, uh, the incumbent has not always won. So I think Monday's got a great chance to, to take Barry's spot. Alex, you kicked off this week over at Steeler Depot with a piece uh, talking about the secondary and how youth was the biggest problem or is the biggest problem facing this secondary. Now that you know we're a little bit away from the draft, camps around the corner, how do you see this sh- secondary shaping up this season? Well, yeah, I, I think, you know, there's talent in, in, in terms of talking about the depth of the secondary, but I think, you know, you're at corner, Ross Cockrell, who's played one year with the Steelers, is the second most experienced corner on this roster. I mean, you have Senquez Golson is going to probably be the, the nickel guy uh, out of camp. Hopefully he does well. You know, we don't know about him. Uh, Duran Grant played one snap on defense last year, and then, of course, you have Artie Burns. So um, the starting, you know, corner should be, you know, William Gay at right corner, Ross Cockrell at left corner, and Golson in the nickel with Burns and Grant behind. Um, you know, so there's talent there, but you just worry about the, the depth and, and if someone has to get pressed into action, um, how are they going to respond? And then at safety, you know, it's probably going to be Mike Mitchell and Robert Golden as your starting safeties. And then behind that, I'm assuming Sean Davis is going to be the backup to both because there's not really a whole lot else there for Pittsburgh. There's Shamarco Thomas, who uh, basically got benched before week one even started last year, and he's become just basically a special teamer. So um, I think Sean Davis will have to be the, the backup to both Mitchell and Golden. And like I said earlier, I think when the Steelers go into their two three six dime, you're going to see Davis kind of have that, that 6 DB role. Good stuff. Well, Alex, uh, that's just about all the time we've got for uh, today. The one question that I do have for you, I don't know mm-hmm. about you, but around this time of year, I start to go a little stir-crazy just because there's no football to actually watch. <laughs> w- what do you do the next couple months? Because I'm kind of going into like that little funk right now where it's like, I got nothing new to look at right now. 
Yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get on my soapbox here, guys, but I just really want to learn more about football. There's still so much to know, and I think the biggest thing about this game is to realize, you know, how little you do know. And so I'm going to get a couple of those Nike coaching clinic books uh, on the way here coming up. Yeah, Mark, you were the first one I think I saw about that. I didn't realize you could order those things. Um, so I'm going to have a couple of those as a, as a birthday gift for myself. And then, of course, you have your 17 drives uh, from, from your Always truly good Always, <laughs> Always good. I gotta, I gotta finish that up, and then maybe play some video games as well. Play online with a couple of friends of mine. So uh, you know, you gotta get some time to to unwind and relax again. What's your big game these days? We were actually uh, just chatting. We, we and, weren't uh, just talking about this <laughs> two two yeah, minutes yeah. ago. We were just talking about games of choice in the uh, ITP uh, Slack chat. What's uh, what's your go to right now? Uh, I, I switch off over like NHL. I just have a buddy. We get a, we get like an old version of NHL. I think it's like NHL 13. You can buy GameStop for 20 bucks and, and just mess around online. Um, I tried to get FIFA yesterday, but they gave me a defective copy. It like oh, it totally on. messed up my PS3. <laughs> so I got to go back and, and yell at them. <laughs> Alex, let um, me tell you, though. So if you think 13 is an old copy, I was actually telling Mark this right before. Uh, I still play my original NHL 94 on the Super <laughs> Nintendo. Still works, actually. It's the yeah. one game that I actually play now, and it's pretty much all I know how to do at this point. <laughs> Man, what, what, 94, you said? Yeah, yeah. 94. So, like, I, you're, you're I going to make like, I was born in 1993, so I'm one year older than that game. So I'm, I'm going to make you guys feel really old for a second here. Ouch. No, this is, like, this is like Ed Belfour still on like the Blackhawks. Like, you've got all <laughs> kinds of weird stuff going on. It's absolutely unbelievable. So <laughs> if, you awesome. wa- if you wander up this way, we'll get a game or two in. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all the time we got for the day. Alex, appreciate you joining us, all right? Thanks, guys. Take care. Yeah, we'll check, in, so with much, you, uh, we'll check in with you during, uh, during training camp at some point, get you back in here. But that is all of the time we have for the day, unfortunately. Uh, as with just about everything, all good things must come to an end. We're no different. We will be back tomorrow, though. Until then, make sure you check us out at InsideThePylon.com. As always, we do have some great content up there every day, and we will be back here tomorrow on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast.